0: that, but that's actually a joke. That's a pun. Get it? The, the struggle is real. Jacob's name is Israel. If you don't get it yet, it's all right. You'll figure it out by the end of this series. By, by the end of February, you'll, you'll catch on to it. That's just a pastor's joke. So we're looking at, at struggling. How many of you have ever struggled before in your life? Right? We've all struggled. We've all failed. Maybe some of those you've been some of those that kid falling asleep. You know, just uh, we we've all struggled. Uh, For some of us, it's a struggle to get out of bed in the morning. It's a struggle not to hit that that snooze button. For other of us, it's it's a struggle to fall asleep at night. It's just like, can I just fall asleep? Isn't that the worst when you wake up? And you look over and it's like, oh, there's two more minutes left before my alarm was supposed to go off. I just wasted those two minutes. It's just terrible. Uh, Some of us, we struggle because it's like, ah, I don't want to take a shower. You know, that just seems like it's a lot of work. And then you get in there and you struggle to get out of the shower because it just feels so nice. You know, we, we struggle. Or you struggle to find your keys or your phone. And you look everywhere and you realize they're in my own hand. And I just didn't look there. You know, it's a struggle. Some of us, we struggle to stay in shape. Why did God create all the good food to be fattening? You know, why couldn't carrots taste like Oreos or something like that? You know, we, we struggle to stay in shape. We, we struggle to keep up with technology. It's update after update and new device. I mean, what are we on, like the iPhone 20 now or something like that? It's just, it keeps advancing. We struggle to keep up with work. We struggle to meet quotas. We, we struggle to stay on top of those things. We struggle to have family time. I mean, the kids are off at this practice and doing that, and we're busy with this and that meeting. And it can be really hard to struggle just to, to find the time to sit down like, okay, everybody's together, and, and let's do this. Struggle with addictions. We, we struggle with relationships and, and, and keeping those relationships open. We struggle with family Right? How often do we get into a fight with our family it's just like, oh man, this is a struggle and, and, and you don't talk to each other for a few days. Or we struggle with our boss. We struggle with authority. Like, you want me to do that? No, I can't do it. And we struggle. We struggle. Uh, we struggle to read our Bible. And stay in there consistently. We struggle with, with our purpose. God, what did you create me for? We struggle with our identity. God, why am I here? Who am I? Who am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to be like, you know, this, this says, or what I see on TV, or what I see in the movie, or what I see in the magazine, or what I see on social media? God, who am I supposed to be? We struggle with that person that we see in the mirror every day. We look at him, it's just like, ah, I don't like that person. Is that person really me? We struggle with that. We struggle to follow God. We struggle to accept his forgiveness and really believe like, okay, yeah, God, today I'm going to live by grace. And we can struggle on a daily basis to live by grace. We can struggle to do the things that God tells us to do. And, and sometimes life can just feel like this one big, massive struggle, right? Ever been there? Just, just a struggle. And so this, light, this, this month, we're going to look at the life of Jacob. Jacob was a guy who knew Struggle. His whole life seemed like it was one big struggle. He was always in the the midst of a struggle. Nothing came easy for him. I mean, he was a guy who never learned the easy way. He always learned the hard way. Right? Anybody ever? You learned the hard way before. If that's not, maybe you need to nudge your neighbor and be like, "Hey, he's talking about you today." Right? And uh, we we learn the hard way. We're, we're humans. We're people. We mess up. We make we make mistakes. But I think if we look at Jacob's story, maybe we can make not so many mistakes. Maybe we can learn the easy way for once rather than the hard way, and we won't have to struggle quite so much. So if you got your Bibles, why don't you open them up to Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25. This is where we find the story of Jacob, and it actually goes all the way through. Uh, he almost makes it to the end of Genesis. Genesis 49. So we've got this one big long story. Half the book of, of Genesis has Jacob in it somewhere. Now some of you, you've been taking that Bible reading challenge, I'm going to get through the Bible in a whole year, and uh, if you're on that, you're probably thinking, man, Jacob's story, this is fresh, I just read it, and uh, so that's good. I've noticed that as I re- read through his story and read through any part of the Bible, it it's always seems there's something new, there's something, ah, I didn't know that, I didn't even realize that was there. And this month, if you don't have a reading plan that you're part of, I encourage you, read through the story of Jacob, follow along with us here, we're going to start in chapter 25. But before we look at that, let me give you a little backstory, Because Jacob's story doesn't start with Jacob. It actually starts a couple generations earlier with his grandpa, Abraham. And uh, Abraham, God had promised Abraham. He made this big promise. Abraham was was faithful. He listened to God. And because of that, God promised Abraham that through his descendants, he was going to have a a lot of descendants. He said, the descendants you're going to have are going to be more numerous than the stars in the sky. Look up at the sky. You can't even count the number of stars. That's how many descendants you're going to have. You're going to have more than that. And he said that through your descendants, the whole world is going to be blessed. Everybody's going to be blessed through your family. So that sounds great. This is a great promise. You know, thank you, God. Abraham's probably thinking, you know, this is good. But there was a problem. Abraham was pushing 100, and he still didn't have any kids yet. And his wife was pushing 90. 90. So it's just, you do the math there. And God, how's this going to work? You made this great promise to me, but now all these years later, I still don't have any any kids. For a little while, he tried to take things into his own hands. But then when he was 100 and his wife was 90, they gave birth to a son named Isaac. And uh, Isaac grew up, and God gave Isaac the same promise. He said, you're going to have more kids. You're going to have more descendants than the stars in the sky. Uh, It's going to be great. You're going to be a great nation. I'm going to give you a great land. And on top of that, through you, the whole world is going to be blessed. And and that's going to be great. And then all of a sudden, Isaac, he he marries Rebekah, and he has a son, and his name is Jacob. And he's, again, the center of our story. Let me give you a long story short with Jacob. Uh, God passed this promise down from Abraham to Isaac and then to Jacob. And towards the end of his life, God renamed Jacob to the name Israel. And that's, of course, where we get the country Israel today. That's where we get the Jewish people from today. So it sounds like, okay, great story. You know, God really used Jacob. He must have been a really outstanding guy. He must have been perfect. Jacob must have been really special. But then we look at the story of Jacob, and there's not a whole lot special about Jacob. Jacob was a guy who struggled a lot. He messed up a lot. He learned the hard way. So if you feel like your life is one big struggle, don't give up hope. Right? Jacob's was too, but God still used him in incredible ways. And we got a country named after him today. We got the promised people named after him. So the first struggle that Jacob dealt with, and in fact, he, he struggled with it from the moment he was born, was Jacob's struggle for purpose. And that's what I want to look at today, is Jacob's struggle for purpose. Have you ever asked yourself that question before? God, why was I born? Why am I here? If my life just seems like one big struggle, like if everything just constantly goes wrong, then God, why did you put me on this planet if I'm just here to suffer and then die? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Does my life have meaning? And this is a question that Jacob asked from day one. So in Genesis chapter 25, starting with verse 19, we, we read his story. It says this, These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac, skip ahead to verse 21, it says, and Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife, because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. The children struggled together within her. So see Jacob, he struggled even before he was born. So the children struggled together within her, and she said, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And remember, this is before they had ultrasound or anything like that. So she's like, why, why, is, why is there a fight going on inside of me? And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, and the other shall serve the younger. Verse 24 says this, When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red. All his body like a hairy cloak, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel, so they named, uh, so his name was called Jacob. We'll pause there for a moment. So God kind of gives Rebecca the first ultrasound, in a sense. You know, you got twins in there. He tells her, you, "You've got two nations in there, and they're struggling with each other." And they were really creative with names back then. So the first one comes out, and they named him Esau, because in their language Esau meant hairy, right? And they said that baby's hairy. Let's name him Harry. And then later they notice, and it's red hair. So let's call him Red. So we got Harry Red guy. He comes off. Aren't you glad that we don't name people like that anymore? Because this place would be full of like alien stork bite, you know, all these different tiny conehead, baldy, whiny, grumpy. I mean, we'd have like the seven dwarves in here. That. That's what we'd be named. So I'm thankful that we don't get those names anymore. So you got Esau, the hairy one. And then you've got Jacob comes out, and they see he's he's grabbing the heel of his brother. He's trying to pull his brother back in so he can go out first. This guy must be a cheater. He must be a deceiver. So they name him Jacob, which means cheater, means deceiver. So from day one, Jacob gets put on this title, you're a deceiver, You're, you're a cheater. Now being called Harry doesn't sound so bad. You know, I'd maybe take Harry over deceiver or liar. And you know, we often live up to the words that are spoken over us. And Jacob, he was true to form. He was called cheater. He was called deceiver. So he thought, okay, everybody else calls me this. I might as well live up to it. Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe from a young age, you've had people called you worthless or a nobody or a pain or you're a handful or you're dumb or you're ugly or you're unwanted. You name it. We tend to live up to those things. We tend to believe those lies that are spoken over us. And like I said, that's what Jacob did. Everybody calls me a cheater, I might as well cheat. So Jacob and Esau grew up, and you can read this in the story there. It said that Esau grew up, and he was a skillful hunter. I mean, the man knew how to take down some prey. He was out there. He loved the outdoors. And because of all that, he was his father's favorite. I mean, Isaac loved esau probably because he scored him some really good food and, and so isaac loved esau but it said that jacob he wasn't an outdoorsman uh jacob stayed at home he stayed among the tents and because of that he was his mom's favorite he was rebecca's favorite how many how many dad's favorites do we have anybody your dad's favorite okay there's a few there's a few how many mom's favorites in here all right all right we, we've got a few how many you you just weren't the favorite child at all feels like a lot more can relate to that. All right. Right? So Esau, he was dad's favorite. Jacob, he was mom's favorite. And Esau, he was the firstborn. So he was the rightful heir to his father, Isaac. He was the rightful heir to the promise that God had made to Abraham and Isaac, right? So it should be like the promise that God made to Abraham and the promise God made to Isaac and the promise God made to Esau. So that's what it should have been. But Rebecca, Jacob's mom, knew something different, knew something was up because, again, remember in verse 23, it says that two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger. So right away from the day he was born, Jacob knew that something was going to change, right? He was going to be the one to inherit this promise. He was going to be the one uh, to come in. So this is where Jacob's struggle with purpose comes in. Jacob's told he's going to receive the blessing, but the problem is he's the younger brother. He's supposed to be the stronger one, but he's the weaker one, right? His brother is this big hunter, but he's the weaker one who stays inside. He's supposed to be stronger, but he's weaker. He, he's, supposed to be, he's supposed to be the inheritor, but he's the younger. So how is this going to happen? How does any of this make sense? God, you say I've got great purpose, You you told me even before the day I was born that I was meant for great things, but yet here I am, and I don't see how I'm going to get from point A to point B. You ever feel that way? You ever feel like, God, I know your, your word tells me that you've got plans for me. Your word tells me you've got a purpose for me, but I don't see it. God, I don't feel it. I know there's great things ahead, but I don't have the right giftings. I don't have the right talents. I'm a nobody. I don't have the right spot. I don't have the right position. I don't have the right authority. And how do I get from point A to point B? How do I do that? And this is where Jacob's at right now. How do do I do that? See, he knows that something good's going to come, but he doesn't know how to get there. How many of you wish that you knew God's will like five years out? that you knew exactly what was going to happen five years from today. Wouldn't that be nice? But God often doesn't tell us that. He doesn't tell us that because uh, you see in Jacob's story, Jacob knows the end point. He knows that he needs to be the one to inherit it, but he doesn't have all the steps in between. And so Jacob does something not advisable. He takes it into his own hands. He says, all right, God, I don't know how to get from point A to point B, but I'll figure it out. You don't need to tell me. I'll make it happen. See, he looks at it and he says, all right, I'm I'm missing two things. To make this prophecy come true, then I need the birthright and I need the blessing." right? I need the birthright. I need that, that double inheritance that I'm supposed to get. I need that spiritual leadership so I can be the, lead, the, the leader of our family moving forward. So I need to get the birthright, and I need to get the blessing. I need my father's blessing to pass down to me. So he starts scheming, how can I do this? How can I live up to my name of liar, cheater, deceiver, and, and do this thing? And he, he works that through, So isn't it good that God doesn't tell us the plan too far out? Because if this was us, we'd do the same thing. We'd try to take it into our own hands. Like if God told you, hey, this is going to be your wife or this is going to be your husband. When you're a teenager. How many of you know you're taking the plane, you're taking the flight, you're putting it in. You're going up to that person saying, you know what? God told me. God told me that we were destined to be together. So we might as well start dating now. You know, we'd mess it up. We'd mess up God's plan because we know too much. So God often gives us just a little piece of the puzzle at the time. So here's Jacob. He takes it into his own hands. He knows God's plan, but he doesn't know each of the steps. So he thought, God, I'll fill in the blanks for you. So first off, he goes after the birthright. And you'll find that story in in, uh, verses 29 through 34. But I'll, I'll share it with you today. So one day, Esau, he comes in from the fields. He comes in from a hunt. And it says, the Bible, I like this word. It says, the Bible said he was famished. Right? Anybody ever use that? You come into the house like, I'm famished. Make me a sandwich. Something like that. You know, I'm famished. And he says he's hungry. And meanwhile, Jacob's there cooking up some stew. That's his brother's favorite. You know, this is, this is perfect. And Jacob realizes in that moment, I've got leverage. You ever been in one of those situations? Like, I've got leverage. I, I can make this work to my advantage. So he does. And it's probably he's been waiting his whole life for this moment. Because then he says, all right, brother, I've got some stew for you. But first, let's make a deal. You give me your birthright, and I'll give you this stew. That's, that's one sneaky Jacob right there, right? He probably pulled out a contract in that moment. And he's like, I've been saving this for a long time. You, I'll give you the stew. You just sign right here, right? He even says to him, swear to me, swear to me that you're going to do this. And Esau replied, you know what? If I don't eat, I'm going to die anyways, and what good's a birthright to me if I'm dead? So, yeah, go ahead. He's probably angry. He's probably What what are you trying to do? Anybody ever do that to one of your siblings? Make him sign a contract? I did that to my brother. It was great. See, he had something more valuable than a birthright to me. He had a Super Nintendo. And I really wanted that Super Nintendo. And he never let me touch it. Like, all I could do was just watch him play it. And I was just like, oh, I really wish I had it. I think I'd be really good. It'd be fun. And so one day, you know, he he got older and he didn't touch it as much. So I thought, I really want that Super Nintendo. So I wrote up a contract. (laughs) I don't even remember what I traded him for it. I think I just caught him at a moment of weakness. And I said, here, sign this. What is it? Your Super Nintendo. Just just sign it. Don't ask any questions. And so he signed it, and I had the contract, and I still have that Super Nintendo. So, one. So that's, that's what Jacob and Esau were doing here. Jacob's basically like, hey, sign this contract. Give me your birthright, because I've got soup. And, and so they trade it. And Esau gives Jacob his birthright. So that's, that's the first thing. So call called Jacob a deceiver, call him a cheater, or you can just say, man, that's supply and demand. He's, he's a smart guy. And he gets that first Check the box. The older shall serve the younger. He's got the birthright. But there's still one more hurdle to face. He needed his father's blessing. Right? So again, Jacob takes it into his own hands. And you can read it in chapter 27. Isaac's getting older at this point. Can't see very well anymore. And he calls Esau to his side. He knows that the time's coming to, he's coming to the end of his life. And he wants to pass down his blessing to his son. So he calls in his oldest. He calls in Esau. And he says, hey, I want to bless you. But first, I want you to go out. I want you to, you know, go on a hunt. Give me the food that I like. Make me my favorite dish. Come back and I'm going to bless you. That's great. So Esau runs off. This is what he's been waiting for his whole life. Sure, he lost the birthright, but he can still get the blessing. And so he goes off. But what Isaac and Esau didn't know was that Rebecca was listening. Mom was listening. And remember who mom's favorite was wasn't Esau. It was Jacob, right? So Rebecca starts doing her own little plan of herself. She said, Jacob, come here. Hey, we're going to fool your dad. We're going to get you that blessing that you've been working on for a while. So I want you to go and uh, get me two of the best goats out there, or I'm going to make your dad's favorite dish. I know how to cook it up just like he likes it. And Jacob's like, okay, mom, you're you're good at this, but you don't have the whole plan here. What are we going to do here? Because uh, remember Jacob's name, or remember Esau? He's hairy, right? His name's Harry. And I'm not hairy. How am I gonna do this? So she said, All right, here's what we'll do. We'll take those those goats and we're gonna put that skin right on you. This was one hairy dude, right? If like he needed goat skin on him to to pass off his Esau. So he puts the goat skin on his hands, he puts it on his neck, he goes and grabs Esau's clothes from his closet and he puts it on there so he'd smell like him. And he goes into his dad and he brings him this, this stew. Now, his dad, you can't see very well, but he said, hey, how did you do this so fast? How, How did you do it? And so Jacob, again, he lives up to his name, and he lies, and he says, you know, the Lord blessed me. The Lord gave me favor. No, he didn't. You just cheated. This is what he did. And he said, well, okay, this doesn't make too much sense here, but why do you sound like my son Jacob and not Esau? Well, he tries to avoid that by getting closer to him. And he says, feel my hands, Father. And he feels, and he says, well, it feels like Esau. Smells like Esau. It's got soup like Esau. But he sounds like Jacob. But he said, all right, three out of four ain't too bad. And, And he blesses Jacob. And Jacob deceives him in that moment. And he walks out with that blessing. So again, he takes it into his own hands. And Jacob receives the blessing. And we tend to do the same thing in our lives when we want the blessing, when we want God's purpose, but we don't want God's timing, so we take it into our own hands. You ever been there before? God, I want what you want, but I want it now. I don't want it later. And Jacob took that into his own hands. See, we can never live in God's purpose if we cannot wait for God's timing. I want you to get that this morning. We can never live in God's purpose if we can't wait for God's timing. Jacob knew the purpose, but he didn't want to wait. He said, I, I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to take it into my own hands. I'm going to do my own plans. But the problem with that is Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. It leads to death. We can try to do it our own way, but it leads to death. And Jacob literally experienced this verse in reality. See, Esau came back. And he went in, and he brought him the stew, and Isaac realized that he had been duped. And he said, Esau, I don't have a blessing for you anymore. Uh, I've got a second-rate blessing for you today, but it's not what I wanted to give you. Jacob's got that now. And Esau was furious. He was furious. And he made it a vow in his life, I am now going to go kill my brother. I'm going to take it out on Jacob. He said, as soon as my father passes, I'm going to respect him. I'm going to go after Jacob. And remember, Esau was a skilled hunter. Esau didn't miss. Esau didn't fail when he went out after something. So Jacob now is realizing that his plans are leading to death. His plans are going to put him in the grave and he's never going to get to experience God's purpose in his life because he was doing it all on his own. So now Jacob is on the run. Jacob says, I'm leaving home. I'm getting out of Dodge. I'm running away from Esau as fast as I can and getting as far away as I can because I don't want to die. We can have a plan that seems good, but in the end, it leads to death. It may seem right. It may seem godly, but if it's not God-directed, then we need to wait. We need to wait and follow God's, God's purpose, God's plan. Proverbs nineteen twenty one says this. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. We can struggle to find our own purpose like Jacob did. But in the end, the only way to find our true purpose is by going to God. It's by going to the one who created us by going to the one who who knit us together in our mother's womb, who made us fearfully and wonderfully, the one who ordained every day of our life, the one who chose you, right? The one who prepared good works in advance for you, the one who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. We need to rely on God's timing. We need to rely on God's purpose and his direction. That's the only way we're going to find that purpose in our lives is by going to God and relying on him. See, it's God who gives his purpose. And thankfully, even though Jacob struggled to do all these things, Jacob discovers this. He discovers that, that God's purpose is the one that prevails. So it was on Jacob's runaway journey that he was trying to escape death. He was trying to escape from his plans where he encounters God's purpose instead of his own. You can turn to Genesis chapter 28. Look at that here. It says he stopped in a city called Bethel. For the night, and he sleeps there. And while he's sleeping there, he sees this ladder that starts on on earth, and it reaches up to heaven. It says the heavens were open, and he saw angels uh, going up and down this ladder into heaven. I mean, that must have been a magnificent sight to behold. And it said that the Lord stood at the top of that ladder, and let me read it for you in verse 13 of chapter 28. It says this, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Jacob struggled his whole life. He struggled his whole life. And at this point, he's lived over half of his life. When he runs into God, when he's sleeping one night, and all of a sudden, God gives him his purpose. He had fought for this his whole life. And now, in one moment, God says, the time is now, right? This is the promise that I gave to your grandfather, Abraham. It's the promise I gave to your father, Isaac. And now I'm promising you the same thing. I'm giving you your purpose. This is this land that you're sleeping in right now, this is going to be your land. Your descendants uh, are going to be numerous as the dust in the earth. It is going to be incredible. And through your descendants, the whole world is going to be blessed. And in this promise, he made an additional promise. He says, and I'm going to be with you the whole time you don't have to struggle anymore. You don't have to do this on your own anymore. Remember, Jacob, I'm here. Some of you, I think you need to to hear that this morning. No matter what struggle you're going through right now, God's there. God's with you. He didn't leave you alone. He's right there with you in the midst of the struggle. I want you to think about how amazing this moment would be. He struggled his whole life struggled for purpose his whole life, and in one moment, in the middle of the night, God gives you that promise you've been waiting for your whole life. And this wouldn't be the last middle-of-the-night encounter that Jacob has with God. See, sometimes I think that we don't hear from God because we never slow down long enough or listen long enough for God to speak to us. I think Jacob maybe was a little bit of a busy guy, that it took him sleeping and says, all right, now you're finally available for me to talk to you, Jacob. You've been scheming this whole time, but now you're finally, you're on the run, you're at your wits end, you've hit rock bottom, and now you're ready to listen. That's the hard way. But if we take the time to listen now when we're not at rock bottom, God can still speak to us that purpose. So do we want to learn the easy way? or Do we want to learn the hard way? We all want purpose, we all want meaning in our lives, but how do we want to discover it? How do we want to discover it? Do we want to fail on our own, or do we want to wait on God? Which one do we want? Which one do we want? And so that's what we need to discover uh, through these struggles. Do we want God's way, or do we want my way? See, God came through on his promise. He gave them the land of Israel. He gave Jacob 12 sons and Again, we got the whole Jewish people through it. He renamed him Israel. It was the the country of Israel. But the one thing that Jacob really didn't know, little did he know, that 40 generations later, there would be a baby born to his line, and his name would be Jesus. And he would save not just the Jewish people, but he would save the entire world from their sins. He would be a blessing to the whole world, fulfilling God's promise that through the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that the whole world would be blessed. See, little did he know that it would be his offspring who would live a perfect life, and even though they weren't worthy of the penalty of death, would willingly give up their lives and die a gruesome death and take on the sins of the whole world so that we could be forgiven, so that you could have forgiveness of sins, so I could have forgiveness of sins, so that every person, every culture, uh, every language, everyone, could have a second chance. Everyone could hear this gospel, this good news, whether they were Jewish or not. We all have access to forgiveness through Jesus Christ. We all have access to eternal life. We all have access to God the Father, and it's through Jesus that we can find purpose. See, God came through on every one of his promises. All Jacob needed to do was wait. He just needed to wait on God. And and today we need to learn to wait on God. So worship team, I want to invite you to, to come back up. We, we've got some time just to seek God. And let me, let me tell you this. Today, today, in this moment, we're going to take some time around this altar just to seek God for, God, what do you have? What's your purpose? We're going to take some time to listen. God, what's your will? What do you want me to do in life? Who, who do you want me to reach? God, where do you want me to go? We're just going to take some time to seek God's purpose. But I promise you, that it's going to take more time than just one altar for you to hear all that God wants to tell you. We need to continue to wait on His promises. We need to continue to wait for His purpose, for His desires. See, maybe you've been struggling out there your whole life uh, to try to do it all on your own. You've been struggling to find purpose. But today, I want to encourage you, stop trying to do it on your own. Because if you do it, it's just going to be one struggle after the next. It's going to be one bad relationship after the next it's going to be one job after the next it's going to be one house after the next it's going to be one car after the next because it just feels like everything is a struggle and, and nothing is working out the way that I planned and I, I try to do A, B and C but it, it it turns out completely different than what I had imagined because we're not waiting on God so today I encourage you let's take a moment let's take a moment just to stop Let's take a moment just to, to listen. Let's take a moment just to ask God, God, what's your plan? Where do I fit in? What's my purpose? I promise you today, you've got purpose. Your life has meaning. God's got a plan for your life. The Bible says, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God's got plans for your life but let's take time to stop and ask him, what is it? Where do you need me? How can you use me, God? God, show me what my my meaning, show me what my, my purpose is. What instructions do you have for me? Today, maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've never asked God, come into my life. I want to make you the Lord of my life. Today, I want to give you that opportunity that Jesus who came 40 generations after Jacob, and he died on that cross. He died on that cross for your sins today. And when I want to give you that opportunity. So would you would you bow your heads this morning? Would you close your eyes? And if there's anybody here today that you say, yeah, that's me, I, I want to know Jesus, would you just raise your hand up? I, I want to pray with you today. Is there anybody here that say, yeah, I want to know Jesus today? Jesus is amazing. Jesus wants to give you your purpose today. Jesus wants to do something in your life that maybe you're not ready for, maybe you're not expecting, maybe today you're you're on the run, maybe today you're hitting rock bottom, maybe today you've just had enough. And I believe God wants to speak something great into your life today. So Jesus, today... We come to you and we pray for your plan. We pray for your will. God, we've tried to do it on our own, and it's a struggle. We've messed up. So God, we come to your throne tonight. God, And we pray that you would move. We pray that you would speak. We pray that your will be done and not ours anymore. God, we need you. So God, change our hearts in your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're gonna go to a time of worship. I encourage you, find a place at this altar and just seek the Lord's purpose. Ask God, what's his plan? God, what do you want to do with me? So would you join me at this altar this morning? God, we recognize that you are the Lord. You're in control. You know the plans. You created us. You laid out the, the path for us. So, God, we give up our plans, our wrong turns, our struggles. God, we want your plans. We want your timing. We want your will be done. So, God, speak to us not just today, but every day. May we take time to listen. May we take time to stop. And again, recognize that you are the Lord, that you are in control. We put you in control every day. Just show us, show us the plans. But not, not just down the road, but show us the plans for tomorrow. Show us the plans for the next day. Show us the next, right? step. We want to be in your will today. Thank you, Father, for speaking. Lord, we know you're not done yet. You want to speak every day. May we take time to listen every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, unfortunately, Jacob wasn't done with his struggles yet. You know, there's a lot more struggles to come in his life, but fortunately for us, we get to learn from him. And so we're going to see in the weeks to come how how Jacob struggled with his family, how Jacob struggled with his bosses, how Jacob struggled with God. But I I believe that God is going to help us to overcome a lot of struggles in our life uh, over this next month. So I encourage you, continue to seek God. Continue daily to take that time to listen. If God's not done with you yet today, come find a place at this altar. We'll, We'll continue singing. There'll be music. We won't kick you out, but continue seeking after God. So church, uh, you are dismissed. Have an incredible week. But again, if God's still working on your heart, uh, stay in this place. Keep seeking after the Lord.